This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Equity Mates! I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going? I'm very good, Bryce. Uh, We're still in lockdown here in Sydney, uh, but the content train keeps rolling on. And I'm excited to bring uh, these two experts that we're featuring today, two old friends of the show, uh, sharing some stocks on their watch list. Absolutely. Now, before we do jump into that, look, the, the content train just keeps on going, as you said, Ren. And we have a book coming out, which is very exciting, and it is available for pre-order now our Get Started Investing book, Ren. Yeah, that's right. Uh, in fact, both of these two experts that we're featuring today feature in the book as well. Um, so don't buy it for us, buy it for them. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's been a, it's been a long-held dream of yours to be a published author, uh, to, have, to, 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 to be invited to literary festivals around the world. No. And the, uh, the only way Bryce will be able to don that tweed jacket and... Uh, is playing golf, is playing golf at, <laughs> at, St. at St Andrews. Is uh, to... Get this book up the charts, build a name for himself as a uh, as the literary voice of the new generation. And if you enjoy Equity Mates, if you want to support Equity Mates, the uh, one thing that you can do is chuck a pre-order in for this book. Um, and Bryce will maybe, no guarantee, but Bryce may write you a personalized thank you note. Absolutely zero guarantee on that, but um, (laughs) (laughs) we will see. It is available on booktopia.com.au, so head over there for the pre-order. It goes live on the 31st of August, so if you'd like to be one of the first in Australia to get your hands on it, pre-order now if you would love to support what we've been doing and all the free content that we've been putting out over the last five years. This would be one way to show appreciation for that. It, uh, yeah, very much appreciated if you could go and order. And finally, hold on, hold on. What about what about this before you move on? If we hit bestseller in pre-order, you'll do a photo shoot as an author in like a tweed jacket and glasses and stuff like that. Sure. Deal. I think that would be a nice moment for the Equity Mates community. <laughs> All right, so that, that's the deal. If uh, if you guys pre-order the book, Bryce will do this photo shoot. Uh, some more exciting news, though. The Equity Mates team is growing, and uh, we're very excited to announce that we have a full-time position. We're looking for a growth marketing manager. So if you have experience in marketing, in digital marketing, in growing audience, in in um, you know growing eyeballs and eardrums, then we want to hear from you. Uh, applications are now open. It's on LinkedIn. It's on Seek. You could also hit us up at careers at equitymates.com. This is a full-time role to come and work with Alec and I and the rest of the Equity Mates team uh, and really help us build and grow Equity Mates into, I guess, a global brand well beyond um, what we are doing at the moment. So it's an exciting time for us, Ren. Please, if you know anyone who is uh, looking to get stuck into a startup and really don many hats that come with it, then we'd love to hear from them or hear from you if that's you. So um, head to our website for more info. As I said, it's on LinkedIn, Seek, or you can uh, email us at careers at equitymates.com. But anyway, Ren, 
enough of the chit chat. Let, let's talk stocks. Let's talk stocks. So as many people know, we do a show on Ausbiz, uh four times a week. Uh, you can check it out on Ausbiz's website or on our YouTube channel. But as part of that, every Wednesday, we do Watchlist Wednesday where we speak to uh, one expert investor from Australia or around the world and hear three stocks on their watch list. We, lo- we love this segment uh, partly because we get to just sit back and let them tell us about stocks, but also because it's just such a rich source of information about a lot of companies that we've never heard of before. So we wanted to feature two of our recent Watchlist Wednesday episodes uh, to give uh, the podcast listeners a bit of a taste of some of the stocks that the experts are looking at. So we've got Andrew Page and Owen Raskovich, uh, two names that a lot of people are probably familiar with. And first up, uh, we're going to start with Owen, who pitched uh, three stocks, two that people are probably quite familiar with, one that I had never heard of before. Nice one, Ren. Well, before we quickly jump in, just a quick reminder to everybody that this is by no means a buy, hold or sell recommendation. While you will hear a lot of conviction and excitement coming from both investors in today's episode um please do your own research this is a watch list only yeah by no means is this buy hold or sell so uh, let's get stuck into owen that's it and it is our pleasure to welcome back to the osby studio here on equity mates owen raskovich owen welcome uh, owen is the founder of rask invest and he's a longtime friend of the show you must go and check out the work that he's doing um, on Rask, as well as many of the podcasts that he's running as well. But we are here to chat stocks three that are on your watch list, Owen. And uh, as always, we'll go through the stock, why you like it, what it does, if no one's heard of it before, and uh, a bit of a, a bit of a thesis. So we'll start with Laser Bond on the ASX. Its ticker is LBL, um, small mm-hmm. cap in surface engineering. What's the deal? Yes. So LaserBond is about a $100 million market cap. So it's probably the one of my three that viewers probably haven't heard of. Um, I'm guessing you guys might have heard of it because you operate in the, in the stock market and you're, you're up to date with a lot of companies. But LaserBond is a really interesting business. So it actually is still predominantly owned by family and it actually does surface engineering. So let's just break that down, what it actually means. Surface engineering is basically the process of rebuilding or re-engineering the surface of a piece of equipment. So if you think about like one of those big caterpillar trucks at a mine site, or you think about a conveyor belt, think about all the components that go into that. It's not something you can just go down to your to your local bunning store and I'll just get get a bearing for this for this wheel for for my new truck. That's not the way it works. So um, the key thing to remember with Laserborn is it actually creates products to their original specifications and sometimes up to 10 times better using sophisticated uh, engineering techniques. Uh, they have manufacturing sites across the eastern seaboard of Australia um, and they look like they're going to expand um, into WA because there are a lot of big mining clients over there, but also into Queensland. Um, I see some opportunities there. So it's a $100 million company. Um, what's really interesting about it and what we like is that the business has gone from just effectively repairing um, equipment for customers to now licensing its technology and its know-how. So basically it said, you know, we are experts in Australia at this, you know, surface engineering, what we do, how can we expand overseas? And the easiest way for the business to do that is basically to license its know-how and its technology to customers and to partners uh, in the United States and also in Europe. 
And it started to win some of those deals. And the really important part about this is that it's gone from being a kind of capital intensive business to being one that just licenses know-how, which is great for margins. So this is a business that's effectively underpinned by repairing uh, manufacturing equipment, by creating like new uh, products and um, replacement parts for these machinery, uh, for this machinery and these devices. Um, but then it's the third pillar, which is the really exciting growth element, which is the licensing of the technology. So there's lots to go uh, for Lesbond, you know, founder alignment, um, skin in the game, profitable, growing, um, good balance sheet. For a small cap company, it's one to watch. Mm. Nice one, Owen. That's uh, that's a good one. Laser Bond, uh, ASX ticker LBL. I'm sure many people will have just heard about it for the first time. If we move to the second stock on your watch list, I'm pretty confident most people will have heard of this stock before. Uh, Bryce and I here at Equity Mates use the software. Um, Bryce more than me because he has told me in no uncertain terms that he wants to be the accountant at Equity Mates. <laughs> Um, but the company, the company is Zero, uh, ASX ticker XRO, uh, famous for accounting software. It's rare that you become a famous for accounting software. <laughs> so the company's doing something right. Um, Excel. For, for people famous. who don't know uh, the company, uh, can you give us a brief overview about what it does and then tell us why it's on your watch list? Yeah, sure. Um, so, okay, got it. Bryce is the accountant. So I'll pitch to Bryce then. No, zero is the accountant. (laughs) Zero is the accountant. (laughs) Well, so let's be honest. So zero is um, a piece of software that you get that effectively maximizes the time that an accountant has to spend on your account. So let's say you're a small business or a medium business like equity mates, let's say, uh, and you you need a tool that can take your receipts in, can process all of your, I guess, inventory if you have that, or it can um, do your accounts payable, your accounts receivable, monitor your cash flow, send you signals if things aren't going right. And it can even help you pay staff, pay superannuation, those types of things. So that's what uh, Zero is best known for. And the business started in New Zealand, as you guys know, and then expanded into Australia. Both of these markets, Zero dominates. So I guess predicting the success of Zero in New Zealand and Australia is pretty much a no-brainer. It has won these markets. The key frontier for Zero right now is in the UK, where the financial system and the tax system is eerily similar to what it is here in Australia. And over there, that's actually taking strides. It is eating the pie. It is eating the cake of Sage, which is the incumbent business there. But what's really interesting to know about Zero, and I think this is what quite a few people actually miss and quite a few analysts actually miss, is that it's probably not going to come close to winning in the USA. So some investors have it in their thesis that Zero will win the USA, but we tend to think not. Um, there's a big, big business in, in the USA called Intuit. If you look up Intuit, I think it goes by the ticket code INTU, and that is a business like Zero that has just dominated its market, its homegrown market, which is the USA. Um, but outside of that, Zero can still win via its three core markets, but also by adding on functionality like HR, um, extra features for payroll, single-touch payroll is what it's done most recently. Uh, if you logged into your Zero recently, Bryce, you would have seen that maybe JobKeeper and, and different types of subsidies were available through Zero. And we see Zero playing a much bigger role uh, in the ecosystem for financial planners and small business. Uh, some of the key facts um, that we've I just looked up before I jumped on the call was that our valuation has Zero between $120 and $135 a share, which is marginally below the current share price. But one thing um, to be mindful of is when we recommended Zero, 
I think the valuation that we had on it was about $58. So this is quite a while ago. But over time, the valuation has actually crept up as it's continually, um, I guess, pound the pavement and beat the thesis that we put in front of it. And um, we see no, no, no end in sight for zero in that respect. And um, the business is only now starting to gush free cash flow. So we like it. Um, it's a business I own. So happy to keep holding. On on zero, you mentioned uh, Intuit, which uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but their accounting product is QuickBooks. Um, they're mm-hmm. obviously big in the US. Zero big in Australia. Uh, hopefully one day big in the UK. Um, what? How do you think about that competitive dynamic of obviously zero is trying to win in the US, but is Intuit trying to expand into the UK, into Australia, into New Zealand, and uh, if they go head to head? Here on their home court, uh, why do you think Zero can beat Intuit? Yeah, so this is a fantastic question, Ren. It's actually one that um, we've asked since the beginning of owning Zero, and I think one of the things that's really interesting about Zero is um, it's basically as good as Intuit, no matter where you kind of compare it. So if you're comparing it in the in the US, the UK, or Australia, it's as good as, if not better than any of the software that's available in the market. So one of the things that Zero does is beautiful accounting software. That's the tagline, as you know. And so I think the reason that QuickBooks launched its cloud-based service in Australia wasn't because it thought that Australia was the market that it had to compete in. I think it was just to compete against Zero to see how it fared. And so I think that's an interesting dynamic. You've got this behemoth of a company from the US competing in Australia, probably because they just wanted to see how they, they go. In Australia, um, if you want an anecdote, in Australia, QuickBooks software is actually cheaper than Zero. yet Zero is still growing faster than anyone else. So I think that kind of, you know, the accountant always says, look at the bottom line to, to figure out how your business is going. And Zero is winning here in Australia, all the while QuickBooks has been here. So, um, and it's cheaper. So I think, you know, um, it's a great question. It's a great point, something you want to monitor closely. I think in this instance, there's no reason why you couldn't own both companies in a portfolio. So, Owen, to close out, uh, usually those that come on here give us some small to mid caps, but you're going to close out with a a mega cap in Apple. The ticker is double APL. What's the thesis here? Why is it on your watch list? Yeah, so we've gone from a tiny Australian small cap all the way up to the world's biggest company, which is Apple. So obviously the creator of many devices that you know and use, the iPhone, the Mac, the iPad, which is what I'm recording this on right now. Um, This is a company that has traditionally been known for hardware. So ever since Steve Jobs' days, um, launching the iPhone in 2007, right up until today with the iPhone 12 and 12 Max, um, it's clearly the best um, smart device in the world. Um, and I don't just say that because it's got over a billion users of the iPhone. It actually is in terms of functionality. And we're starting to see that play out now in terms of privacy with the current CEO, Tim Cook, you know, constantly banging on about how much better the privacy is and the security of the devices. Um, and that has been proven over many years. Um, the real secret source behind Apple, and this is some a point of contention amongst analysts, and it's somewhere where I think we've got an edge at Rask, which is that Uh, The key behind Apple is not its hardware. Even though I just said it's the best, you know, smartphone, iPad or tablet, it's the best laptop, it's the best desktop in the market. That's actually not the key jewel in this crown. The the jewel in the crown of Apple is its subscriptions and its services business. So this is is things like, you know, the App Store, uh, the um, iCloud, 
all of these different things that you kind of you don't really notice um, that's going on underneath the surface until you're paying it and you realize, hey, I can't access my my photos on my iPhone until I pay a dollar forty nine every month uh, to Apple. And the the key here is that over the next five years, we actually forecast that services revenue, so all of the software that and subscriptions that Apple Apple offers. All of that is actually going to make up about 73% of the overall revenue, which is in stark contrast to what it was in 2007, say, when it was basically 100% hardware. And so over the next five years, we see a dramatic shift in this business. And the key point here is that the margin that the business earns on on the services side of its business will blow away the margin that it earns on hardware, which is already very respectable, I think, in the 40 to 50% range. So this is a business that's Already $2.2 uh, $2. 2 trillion US in market capitalization. It's got a lot of cash. It's got some debt. Um, it's just incredible free cash flow. But it's what it's doing with that free cash flow, which is really impressive. You know, over 500 million paying subscribers um, to Apple subscriptions at the moment. And, you know, it's, it's, it's within its runway to see that hitting a billion users. So a um, lot more free cash flow coming in as a result of higher margins in the services business. So, Owen, you said there that uh, the services business is going to be almost three quarters of Apple's revenue in a few years. It's currently $2.2 trillion uh, market cap, biggest company in the world. How big do you think this market cap is going to get? Have you projected that out? Uh, We haven't projected. I don't have the numbers on on hand, Ren, but I would say that, you know, what tends to happen is that as a business gets more profitable, the valuation multiple actually expands. So, um, what we what we will see is that as the business becomes higher quality, which is pretty crazy to think that this business could become higher quality, we'll see that that market cap expand even further. Um, I think just in closing, um, one part of this, one of the risks that people see with Apple is that the business will be broken up because it's going to be so profitable. And if that does happen, you've got to remember that as a shareholder, you will just get you know a part of each business. So it's not like they disappear. Uh, the second thing is that the you know we tend to be scared off by large numbers. But the market cap is really just an arbitrary figure. It's not necessarily the, the number itself. It's how it changes over time. So, you know, we, we, foresee, we use discounted cash flow analysis to get to our valuations. Um, we, we currently suggest that on an enterprise value to discounted cash flow, um, it's slightly above our fair value. But again, you're paying, you're paying a modest price or just a slightly higher price for a very high quality business that we think still has quite a few years left. Well, there we have Owen Raskovich from Rask Invest. Uh, as a recap, his three stocks were Laser Bond, ASX ticker LBL, Zero, ASX ticker XRO, and then Apple, NASDAQ ticker AAPL. Uh, three interesting stocks. Uh, pitching the biggest company in the world is a is an interesting one from Owen, but he's obviously got a lot of conviction around um, their services business. So, interesting conversation there. That's right, Ren. Uh, love hearing from Owen. And uh, look, we are about to hear from Andrew Page um, from strawman.com, founder and managing director. And again, uh, always love hearing from from Andrew. He has such conviction and clear thinking when it comes to the stocks that he's talking about. And uh, the next three are a very clear example of that. So not only does he have such clear conviction, he has a lot of excitement. So I think it's just important to stress that uh, while Andrew is excited about these stocks, you do need to do your own research and don't just follow his excitement into a buy decision. That is right. Well, let's hear from Andrew. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And it is our absolute pleasure to welcome back again um, to Equity Mates, Andrew uh, Page. Andrew, welcome. Thank you, Bryce. Yeah, good to be here, guys. How are we? Very well. So, Andrew, for those of you in the Equity Mates community who haven't uh, come across him before, is the founder and managing director at strawman.com. Uh, he's appeared on our podcast and on Osby's plenty of times. So, go back and have a listen to some of the content we've done with Andrew because he always has a lot of great things to say, and uh, we're stoked that he's back to share three stocks on his watch list. And as uh, Alec noted just before we went on air, that they're all in that uh, microcap space. So looking forward to, to digging in. Andrew, first stock we might as well get stuck in is Enviro Suite. Ticker is EVS. Uh, what is the company and what's the thesis? Yeah, so EnviroSuite, I've actually had a long, uh, tumultuous history with this company. It's been on Strawman for quite a while. Um, it's done me pretty well, about a 50% compound annual return over that period. But it is uh, it is a small cap uh, company, about $100 million in market cap. And it does sort of swing from like stupidly cheap to stupidly expensive. So I'm a very, very much a long-term holder here, but there has been some adjustments along the way with this one. And what's really interesting with this, uh, and I'll get to what they do in a moment, is that they've really fallen out of favor of late. So I felt as though it was time to maybe shine a bit of a, a light on them. So these guys are environmental intelligence, environmental monitoring. So they connect up all these environmental sensors that are out there in the field that might detect things like odor or noise or vibration or dust, uh, all kinds of different things. And they uh, incorporate that all together to give their customers a real overview in terms of what's happening at their sites. So the kind of sites or the kind of customers that they have are things like mines and ports. Uh, more recently, airports are a very big part uh, of what they do thanks to a very large transaction at the start uh, of last year. And it basically puts all of this together in a way that's, and I think this is the important thing, it's not just a descriptive thing in terms of what's happening with your sites, but it's also prescriptive uh, and predictive as well. So. Uh, a really good example here might be a mine that's thinking of doing some blasting. And if it lives anywhere near a local community, when you obviously blast a bunch of rock and dirt, it throws all this dust into the air and it can annoy a lot of people. And that can uh, sort of harm your social license to operate. There can be regulatory considerations there, all kinds of things. So this kind of technology sort of helps you plan that and also helps you keep an audit trail of everything that you've been doing as well, keep your regulators uh, happy, but also not just in terms of doing good, good things, but actually helps uh, improve the operational efficiency of your site. So there, it's a company that's sort of grown and changed rather rapidly over the years. They're doing that kind of stuff with water treatment plants and also with uh, smart cities, uh, also uh, with ports, as I say. Uh, and they've got about 350 customers globally, and uh, they're doing about $42 million in annual recurring revenue. So uh, it's, it's uh, a company that is small, 
but hopefully it will be much bigger in the future. Yeah, nice. Now, Andrew, you said you've had a tumultuous relationship with it, but you've had a 50% compound annual growth rate. So <laughs> I, I think if I had a stock with a 50% uh, compound annual growth rate, I wouldn't describe it as tumultuous, but hey, <laughs> different strokes. Um, we we will move on to the next one, though. Uh, interested to hear what your relationship with this one is. Um, Ozco Healthcare, ASX ticker AHC. Uh, this one's even smaller, $34 million micro cap. So um, yeah. for people who haven't heard of the company, what does it do? And then uh, why do you like it? Well, Alec, let me just quickly go back onto your last point here. So I think one of the things um, that I love about investing in the small end of town is that you get a lot of opportunity that, you you know, it's not as highly scrutinized as the big end of town, but that comes at a price and that price is usually some pretty extreme volatility. So, you know, people can get super excited and things run up and then it gets very, very scary and things fall down. So when I say that the history has been pretty tumultuous, I feel as though the business is kind of been doing some pretty good things. Always a few little hairs on, on these kinds of companies. Um, but you've, you've got to have a very clear idea of what a fair value is for these kinds of businesses and sort of act appropriately around that. It's it, these, are, these are not the kind of companies that I, I think, uh, and, and given their upside potential, you might, like as I did, I first bought some EnviroSuite at four or five cents and that get up to 30 cents. It's, it's not so much about trying to sell and lock in winners or anything like that, but it becomes a very large part of your portfolio. So there's some sort of very sensible management that you need to do around that. So anyway, hopefully a little bit of extra context. Let's go back to Osco. Osco has actually had a bit of a name change uh, not too long ago. This was formerly Azua. And before I go into this, I have to give a shout out to a straw man member called Winnie, or uh, as others would know him, Luke Winchester, who is often on Ausbiz. I think he may have spoken to you guys before. Um, really smart investor. He popped this on straw man, which prompted me to have a look. And the more I've looked, uh, the more I've liked it. So what these guys do are nurse call systems. So if, you, if you've ever been into a hospital, you know that there's a button besides the bed, which will get the nurse to, to come along. Now, that technology has come a long way. Uh, a lot of hospitals haven't kept pace with what the technology can do. And herein lies the opportunity. So it's really cool in terms of they can actually track where patients and, and nursing staff are around a hospital, also should I say nursing homes uh, as well. And they can really just improve the, uh, the standard of care, the operational efficiency, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's a business that um, is has actually had a real knock around with COVID. They've been winning lots of sales, but you can't actually implement that when uh, there's a lot of restrictions around hospitals and there's a lot of restrictions around nursing homes as well. So their results uh, took a bit of a knock there, but in the background, they've actually been winning a lot of work. And what was interesting, this is very fortuitous, it wasn't planned, but they actually had an announcement today uh, saying that they won a big new contract with a hospital over in Singapore. And for those that don't know, Singapore has like world-class uh, hospitals and healthcare system. It really is, you know, top five systems in the world. And one of their big uh, networks over there is a big 800-bed hospitals taken on one of their systems, which is really great. Um, and interestingly enough about this company too, it's a profitable company, about $30 million in sales and about $3 million in net profit as well. No debt, $6 million in cash, high inside ownership, long runway for growth here uh, as well. And what's really interesting about this is that when you talk about sort of technology companies, uh, when you talk about growth companies, these days in particular, you're talking about stratospheric price earnings ratios. 
and, and often there's not a price earnings ratio because they're not profitable yet. So it's a price to sales ratio that you have to use. Well, these guys are profitable, as I mentioned, and they're on a PE of 11, uh, which is really low. Now, I should stress that for very small microcap companies, they don't often demand the same kind of premium as their bigger peers because the liquidity there just makes it harder for people to get in and out. And that it just does it does dampen the premium. So perhaps we shouldn't expect them to trade on the same kind of premiums as an equivalent company with equivalent growth would be uh, if it was much larger. Nevertheless, it seems as though it's a business that's uh, executing well, big fat sales pri- pipeline, uh, uh, a big market opportunity, some traction. And I think once they start getting access to some of their customers again and they can start implementing a lot of these sites, I think we'll continue to see sales and earnings grow quite strongly. So one to watch. Andrew, there are, it's, it's pretty clear that there are a lot of things that excite you about uh, OSCO Healthcare. So <laughs> <laughs> certainly put that one on the, on the watch list. To close out, um, your third stock, AVA Risk Group, ticker AVA. Um, again, what is the company here and, and what's the thesis? Yeah, we have a company here, so sort of environmental intelligence, then we've gone to med technology, and this is security. So these guys have a couple of divisions. Uh, uh, one is the technology division, which is about um, – there's a lot of buzzwords in this. So I'll try and break it down. But fiber optic intrusion detection technology, basically, they, they try and uh, allow their customers to determine if there's been a breach of their perimeter, if there's been a breach of their pipelines, for example, if you're a gas uh, network or something like this. So if you want to know whether someone has intrude, intruded in on uh, your assets, these are the kinds of guys that you might want to speak to uh, as well. So technology is about two thirds of their profit. Well, about half of their sales, two thirds of their profit. So this is the higher margin, faster growing, uh, well, faster growing potential area, I should say, uh, of their business. And then the other part of their business is a services business. Now these guys ship things like banknotes around from mints to banks, things like gold from the gold refineries uh, to the vaults that they ultimately get stored in. They'll even do the transport of high value works of arts, for example. So I'm sure you guys know with transporting all your incredibly high valued assets around the place, these are the guys that you might want to call to get that done. So it's kind of like an Armaguard uh, kind of service, but for for central banks uh, and, and gold producers and these kinds of things. So Another one that uh, popped up on the straw man community, which I, w- I wasn't aware of until recently. Now it's ranked uh, number 16th amongst all of our members. Again, a pretty small company, $100 million market cap. Um, revenue here has tripled in the last three years, and they have swung recently into EBITDA positive. So on an operating basis, excluding depreciation, amortization, a few other things, this is a profitable business. And they're only trading at six to seven times that EBITDA level. So for those that not in the know, it's not exactly a demanding valuation for a business that, as I say, has tripled uh, its its revenue. I should caution um, your viewers that this is a business that is likely to experience pretty lumpy results here. They had a huge contract win with the Indian Ministry of Defense a few years back. You know, they've got to replace that once that's going to be completed, which will be soon. So you'll, you'll have these big contracts come in, cash flows will fly up, and then they might uh, it might not just be an even, consistent runway there, but the opportunity looks pretty interesting. Uh, they've got uh, some new products in the work. Um, there's a strong tailwind in terms of the security sector there as well. So I think, yeah, good opportunity, good runs on the board, uh, and not too demanding a multiple. So another one to watch. 
Nice, Andrew. Well, thank you for your time. A reminder to everyone in the Equity Mates community that this is all about uh, the watch list. By no means it is, is it a buy, hold, or sell recommendation. But, uh, Andrew, are all three of those stocks on straw man at the moment? I imagine there's some further research that our guys can go and, and look at um, and follow some, some of the other straw man. Men? Yeah, are absolutely. They're, they're all of them. We cover the entire market, but there's a lot of research on those particular ones. And just to your point there as well, Bryce, I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. It's really easy to borrow an idea off someone, but you can't borrow the conviction. So, you know, there's no replacement for doing your own research and becoming familiar with the stock because when things get scary and they're likely to at this end of the market, um, you know, conviction's the only thing that's going to see you through all of that kind of stuff. So do your own research. But yeah, go to Strawman and see what other people are saying for sure. Nice. Well, Andrew, if uh, I could borrow conviction from anyone, I would try and borrow it from you because I love to see how excited you get about stocks, especially stocks that I haven't heard of before. So uh, we appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge with the community. Um, Thank you. Absolute pleasure, guys. Always enjoy chatting. Thanks, Andrew. All right, so there we go. Three small caps from Andrew Page. Uh, to recap, they were EnviroSuit, ASX ticker EVS, Ozco Healthcare, ASX ticker AHC, and AVA Risk Group, ASX ticker AVA. So that's six, uh, six interesting stocks uh, to add to your watch list to do your own research on. Any closing thoughts here, Bryce? No major closing thoughts. I thoroughly enjoy hearing these um, these episodes from our experts. So if you would like to hear more of them, they are all available on our YouTube. Just 15 minutes each, easy to digest and uh, plenty of ideas in there to help build out your watch list. So um, head to our YouTube channel for more um, or tune into Ausbiz every Wednesday to catch it live. Ren and I love yeah. going live. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Ren, always good to chat stocks. We have a pretty exciting week coming up this week uh, We with some big experts joining us on the show. Um, so make sure you're staying tuned to uh, the feed this week. And uh, as always, great to chat stocks and uh, we'll pick it up next episode. Sounds good. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.